Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. See, this is the problem. I come in here expecting to talk about the shit that I want to talk about, and you sitting there laid the fuck up at your crib, smiling ear to ear. You're happy at my discontent. I don't fucking appreciate it at all. Jesse, I don't appreciate you laughing and encouraging this bullshit either. All right. I'm no, just I'm just here no, side. I'm just here to no, get paid, man. No, it, fucking me too. <laughs> shit, I thought we was gonna talk about some 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 fun shit tonight. You're gonna immediately point Don't out that Tony Derrell. We can still talk about fun stuff. I mean, not really. Not in the mood I'm in now. <laughs> Fuck fun. He wanna talk about the White Sox. Shit. Sick of this, man. You're gonna get me in trouble. My mama gonna get mad at me for how much I'm cursing on this podcast. What what episode is this? You done ruined the mood. 
145. 145. All right. I was going to call it 146. And welcome into episode 145. I guess Tony Gill has, has, has gotten me in the, the right mood to pod now. And, and I don't even know if y'all going to hear everything that just happened. Hey, Jesse, leave it in. Leave it in. That, that, that'll be my sock segment of this podcast, this episode. Okay. Cause damn it. Stay tuned. You'll hear it at the very end. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's what it is. All right. There it is. There, look at, see, look at actual production going on out here between Jesse Lopez and Tony Gill. Welcome into the Full Go Podcast. I'm Jason Goff. Hopefully you're having a wonderful time, whatever you're doing right now. People listen to this podcast at different points of their life, whether it be in the morning, taking their kids to school. God bless you if you're doing that, because I only get to listen to short stories uh, on Spotify. <laughs> Whenever I messed around and found the short stories that should be for bedtime, <laughs> and my kid just can't get enough, can't get enough of listening to this this young lady who do 75 different voices for 15 minutes. And and the best part about it is sometimes in the morning when we're going to school, he's falling asleep because they're bedtime stories. So now I'm dropping off a sleepy ass kid the first two weeks of school like I'm a bad parent. Like I didn't tell him to take his ass to bed at 8.30. You see what you got me at now, huh, Tony? He, I, listen, this podcast is dedicated to Tony. Okay, and and everything that he wants to take me through. I was sitting here on the couch thinking about, oh man, I can't wait to get in here and talk to my guys. I'm going to tell them how I've already lost my first little bit of money on college football to start the season. By the way, Pat Narduzzi and the Pittsburgh Panthers, if you're listening to this, backyard brawl my ass. Y'all should have been able to beat this West Virginia team by more than seven and a half points. And if you if you're listening out there, yes, I am 0-1. But shout out to to FanDuel Sportsbook for being American number one sports pick app because it was right before kickoff for me. I should have left the game alone, but you know what? I'm like, nah, I got $15 to spare. Pat Narduzzi and the Pittsburgh Panthers have been talking shit all offseason about how this is a new era of Pittsburgh football. Well, guess what? They let the West Virginia Mountaineers run up and down their ass. And as we're watching it right now, ain't no way they're going to cover. Now, if they do, we'll take this out of the pod. But if they don't, we're going to leave it in. I, I'm I'm grumpy golf today. That's that's what I am. All because of sports and Tony Gill and his and his silly face right now because he understands how he he knows what to do. He knows I didn't want to really discuss the White Sox in another players-only meeting. He knows I didn't want to discuss Tony Larusa and his health issues right now. And hopefully, once again, two pods in a row. Hopefully, Tony Larusa is okay, right? He's going to get further testing, but the White Sox had another players-only meeting, right? But before they played the Kansas City Royals, and went out and stomped out the Royals behind Johnny C, right? Johnny C go out there for six innings, give up one run, had got into a little bit of a jam, I believe it was in the third, when it was second and third, one out, and they did not allow a run. Like Johnny Cueto has been the voice, one of the voices of this team, and he's only been here for 17 minutes, right? You got, you got A.J. Pollock talking about things. He's been here for two hours himself, right? So the, the leaders of this team, Elvis Andrews, he's been here for half a cup of coffee. The leaders of this team apparently just joined the team. So that'll speak to whatever you wanted to speak to, White Sox fans about why this team is still a game under 500 going into this twin series. They got to sweep the twins. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about being unrealistic from here on out. Yep, 32 games left, 31 games left. Yes, you have to go 25 and 6 for me to be happy about this season. It ain't going to happen. 
You know why it ain't going to happen? Because the White Sox have, what, injury, bad luck. They they have poor at-bats. <laughs> they can't pick up the baseball. And only two out of the five pitches in the rotation do you trust every time you get the ball to know that they're going to go out and have themselves a quality start. Other than that, everything's great. Everything's cool. Eloy Jimenez, ah, my legs are sore. Got to get up out of here. We're not, we're not in the middle of a race where we got to track down two teams. No, 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 no. Let's take some, let's take some precautions here. Let's, let's, let's make sure that Eloy, by the way, at the end of this season, I wanted to examine on what the hell was going on injury wise with this team. Like training staff, whoever you want to talk to, I, I need answers. I need answers on why young dudes keep having soft tissue injuries, leg soreness, this, that, and the other, and I'm not blaming it on the training staff. I just need to know, is this team not in good enough shape? Is this team too tightly wound? What's the, what, what excuses? What, what, like, I want to know what's to blame for this season. And you could spin the wheel, and it's going to land on something, and you might be right. Whatever it lands on, you might be right this year. Because even in a loss... I mean, I'm sorry, even in a win, you know, they take the series from the Kansas City Royals, even in a win, we're talking about a team, a players-only team meeting. Like, come on, man. Yeah, footballs are in the air. That's, how, that's what I say about the White Sox season, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's, that's me watching Penn State and Purdue and feeling old as hell watching Joey Porter's kid run around people and, and, and annihilate people on the field. That's, that's what I'm on from here on out. I'm getting reacclimated with college football. Y'all can mess around these next three weeks, four weeks, expecting, you know, these, these ridiculous breakdowns of an average-ass baseball team all you want. Mm-mm, nope. Remember when Lovey Smith was here when he was like, we're, we're, we're looking forward to whoever? Yes, I am looking forward to the college football season. Yes, I am on to Notre Dame, Ohio State. <laughs> I am on to Oregon, Georgia. You feel me? I am on to Florida State, LSU. I'm on to bigger and better things with my weekends, with my nights going forward. And hell, give me some action on a Thursday. Whatever you got for me, college football, I am here. I am here to watch all of you future insurance sales and run the football until those bones don't break any, like, yeah, until, until you don't, until you can't feel your legs. Yes, I am here to watch what? You got some FCS football for me? Hey, mix it on in in the pot. I am finding things to do. Yeah, you could, you could grimace all you want. I am watching everything else. Besides that's, baseball. That's some yes. trash-tastic football. Man. Yeah, you, you, that's fine. Guess what? There is an opportunity to make it more fun with FanDuel Sportsbook. Yes, I am that guy now. I'm here. You see what you did? You see what you did, White Sox? Uh, yeah, you can clap it up, Jesse. Yes, I, I give myself a clap on the hands right now. For the White Sox made me, made me do it. That'll be the name of the album this year. The White Sox made me do it. There it is. You're looking for a, a fancy title for this pod. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, right there in the middle of the pod for you. I don't. I I got nothing for you. I got absolutely nothing. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. And if, if that didn't 
uh, you know, satisfy your itch to to feel bad about being a Chicago sports fan. Well, guess what? <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers said, "I'll top that." <laughs> the Cleveland, listen, man, this is the basketball guys hate Chicago Bulls fans. They truly do. From Derrick Rose and his knee situation to Jimmy Butler and how that situation transpired to, to Freddie Hoiberg to the end of the John Paxson era to now the rebuild. Yeah, you get Zach and Lowry in the trade and all of a sudden, oh, look at us. We're, we're moving and shaking. Lowry doesn't pan out. You trade him. Zach grows in, 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 in stature and 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 placement among the league. And then all of a sudden, free agents want to come here. Oh, the Bulls are relevant again. Everybody's feeling good. Billy Donovan might have, you know, the the, the special, the magic touch. And then all of a sudden, the Eastern Conference turns into the West. All of a sudden, the Eastern Conference is like, hey, by the way, guys, <laughs> enjoy your relevance because now there are going to be five or six teams that you have to truly battle with. Like, truly, like, if this was the oldies, the Bulls would be, like, the third best team, bar none. Bar none. (laughs) But in this new Eastern Conference, where apparently everybody gets traded to and everybody gets drafted to, and, oh, yeah, yeah, those picks for years, oh, what's wrong with the East? What's wrong with the East? Look how bad the East is. Well, guess what? Those picks have come home to roost. (laughs) The Eastern Conference now is a gauntlet. Spider Mitchell, and this is the other thing. I think. I think people overrate what Spider Mitchell really is, and and that's no shade. I, I think he's a damn good basketball player, but because of you know some some early success in his career, you know there was the forty point game. I remember the forty point night in his rookie year. Like, uh oh, this is it. And on top of it, Bulls fans, if you remember, Donovan Mitchell was like one of the targets for the Bulls in that draft. Uh, he was in for a couple of private workouts. Like they were hot and heavy on Donovan Mitchell. If they had the potential, if they had the opportunity to draft in that year, obviously it didn't work out. He goes to the Utah Jazz. So, you know, people have known what Donovan Mitchell was since Louisville. Like he had the ball put in his hands a little bit in that scheme. And then he got to Utah and they were like, hey, you're a six foot two, you know, combo guard with extremely long arms and a knack for scoring. Go get busy. And that's exactly what he did. But that team hit its ceiling. And Danny Ainge has now come through with the Danny Ainge wrecking ball, trying to either get, what, Scoot Henderson or the French kid, like one of the two. But there's some really attractive options at the top of the draft. Got the Thompson Twins. Like, there's some things happening at the top of this draft. So if you take a look at this trade for the Utah Jazz, they still got, what, Jordan Clarkson. They still have Mike Conley to trade. They still got Bogdanovich. There's a few guys that they still have to take, you know, the the rest of the record ball to that foundation to and say, hey, Colin Sexton, here's your next four years, $72 million guaranteed money in Salt Lake City. Enjoy yourself. But damn. And I know Knicks fans might be going through it, right? But if you really think about it, all those picks and, and people talking about, oh, there's too many picks and all that. Listen, if Donovan Mitchell is what you think he is, then those picks really don't mean anything. Like, those picks, unless you're a team that's stashing picks away, like Oklahoma City is right now, like a couple other teams are trying to get up in the draft or trying to, you know, land that big fish once your team nest has been built with young players and fortified and you're like, okay, this is the culture. That's when those picks need to get up out of here. But three first round unprotected picks and two pick swaps unprotected, like you could, you know, you could 
you can kind of blush at the price tag all you want. If they're good, those picks won't mean shit. <laughs> so this is the problem that the Bulls fans are going to have to encounter now because this is a younger team that might be just as good, right? We've been talking about these older teams that 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 are better than the Bulls or, you know, the teams that are similar in age to the Bulls. Once these younger teams start to get better than you or start to achieve at the same level, like going into this season, Cleveland was nipping at the heels, to me, of the Chicago Bulls. Now that you get rid of Lowry Market and a piece that you haven't used in Colin Sexton, I mean, <laughs> you know, everybody can talk all you want about Darius Garland and, and Spider Mitchell and how many points they're going to give up. But, I mean, Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, that's their job to make sure that those points aren't given up. Like, the way that this Cleveland Cavaliers roster is being built, it is going to be dog fights. And the Atlanta Hawks say, yeah, they got something for you, too. DeJounte Murray is out to prove something. I think he's out to prove something on that team. I think DeJounte Murray thinks he's the best player on that team, to be honest with you. And I think he's out to show it. I can't wait to see how this thing, you know, gels in Atlanta because Trey, just because Trey, Trey's soft and cuddly and is the little guy, you know, he looks like a little gnome out there doing his thing. Trey's got a little bit of an ego too. So this, listen, this is going to be a fantastic NBA season. And I'm sure that's something Bulls fans don't. Bulls fans want a horrible, boring NBA season, boy. Bulls fans want everything to be, all right, guys, can you just, can we get these 52, 53 wins and get on up out of here? No, 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 no. The NBA was like, enjoy this 46. <laughs> enjoy these 45, 46. And it's supremely healthy, by the way. <laughs> like no one should be hurt can be hurt is allowed to be hurt this season especially in the Eastern Conference and damn it Tony you got me all riled up for no damn reason talking about my damn hat and got me thinking about what's about to happen this season like alright the Brooklyn Nets got their shit together and, and all of a sudden want to play basketball like you I think that's the thing that everybody yeah, it kind of brushed over like alright look Kevin Durant it was a stalemate now he now he's got to go play for four years at max money in, in New York City again. Oh, by the way, Ben Simmons, I'm the last person on the Ben Simmons train. And Kyrie Irving, you know, <laughs> who knows, <laughs> right? But at Brooklyn, that's a back in prime position. Milwaukee Bucks are like, yeah, Chris Middleton ain't going to be hurt all year this year. So what's up? Right? Giannis Antetokounmpo was out here scoring 62 points in Eurobasket games. <laughs> like, like, what? What is happening? Joel Embiid sitting there in Philly, Tony's favorite person of all time. This man has lost one time in his NBA career to the Bulls. One time. He's been in the league now. Yeah, It's not like he's been in the league two, three years. All of a sudden, no, no. This man is getting ready to get his second big contract. And every time he sees the Bulls, he wins the game. He wins it. Okay? And then Boston, they, you know, they, they made it the right stuff now. You know what the floor is. The expectations are the expectations. And Jalen Brown, we'll see how he feels about uh, this offseason and all the trade talks. But the Boston Celtics are damn good. The Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA the second half of the season. So I've already named the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics. Uh, now let's get to the Miami Heat because the, the drill, the drill, you know, the drill sergeant that is Pat Riley and 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 the Eric Spolstra credo and and the culture and all that is real. It's real. Tyler Hero has taken these things more seriously over the last year or so in terms of basketball. And Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, he's got some room to grow still. 
offensively especially. Man, the Eastern Conference is a bitch. Like, <laughs> I, like if if I'm LeBron, I'm like, uh, hope my son don't get drafted by no Eastern Conference team. <laughs> Y'all can keep that shit. <laughs> the Eastern Conference for the birds. Yeah, right, right, right. He's like, man, it's too cold out there. I don't, I don't like all that travel. Yeah, just keep me here on the Bay. Just keep me here in the West Coast. You know what I mean? I'm. Oh my God. It's like, and you know, it, it was like all the stuff that you could bank on as a Bulls fan. There's a team that that's better than you at that, right? So it's like, oh, we can bank on the youth. Well, Cleveland is looking good, young. Uh, Detroit, as soon as uh, they, you know, they're super young. Yeah, they're going to figure yeah, out how to play t- basketball. Yeah, they're going to have to take it on the chin for a couple years. They're going to be nasty. Orlando, like, yeah. they, they, I think their management knows what they're doing down there. So it's like all the stuff that we were banking that the Bulls could take advantage of in the Eastern Conference is now slipping away. And now the continuity stuff with that trade, so it feels pretty bad at the, right now. Yeah, as a, as a Bulls watcher and a Bulls fan. Hey, now you're gonna find out what you guys are made of now. And I mean, you were going to find out anyway. But top to bottom, Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley, um, Zach Levine, like the the known quantities are Demar Derozan and Nikola Vucevic, right? And and whatever. Well, however you want to quantify those, they're known quantities. But now, yeah, buddy, it, it, <laughs> that whole you can have two or three nights off a week, Patrick Williams, that shit went out the door before this move was made. Like, what team, what team can you really go into a game in the Eastern Conference outside of, like you mentioned, Indiana? The Orlandos, I think the Knicks are going to be, you know, below average. Like, there's like three or four teams where the Bulls could just put the jerseys right there out of, at center court and come out with a five, six, seven point win. But there's a good eight, nine where, you know, <laughs> you think LaMelo Ball going to get worse? Like, <laughs> this is, this is going to be some fun stuff coming up here this season. I can't wait. I, I am looking forward to it, especially since the expectations have, have risen. Oh, yeah, I'm out here talking cash shit on these pregames coming up, you know? And I can't wait because Billy Donovan is terrific at stating exactly what the hell went wrong in the game. You ain't got to play around with it. <laughs> Guys wasn't tough enough. Defense ain't good enough. Turnovers too much. Got your ass beat. Simple as that. Like, this is going to be an interesting season. We put away all the pleasantries and the honeymoon of, oh, look at relevant bulls. Yeah, man. It's time. It's time when the Cleveland Cavaliers, like, this move says a lot. The fact that the Lakers couldn't get in on this move to, to mess around and offload Russell Westbrook, you know, be like a third team or, you know, some of these big teams that are looking to you know, shake things up and have a big contract. Like, no, no, Cleveland Cavaliers went straight up to the Utah Jazz and said, we are ready to take the big swing. We are ready. We saw what we needed to see out of this rookie. <laughs> we saw what we needed to see out of Darius Garland when we gave him the ball. We saw what we needed to see out of our young coach. It's time to ride. Like, this is a fun time if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. It should be a fun time if you're a Bulls fan, man. This city has never ducked the smoke. We always talk shit about, you know, like loving to compete. And it was fun in the days where you had Kirk and Ben and Lou and, 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 you know, and, and then Derek took those 
you know, Carlos Boozer and Joe and all them boys and faced off against the Miami Heat and, you know, the what happened after that and Jimmy Butler then taking over. Like, we've had different iterations of, okay, what you got type teams now. Different things have happened. Injuries have happened. Fallouts, guys profiles raise and all of a sudden they start to feel a little bit differently they start to smell themselves whatever the case may be whatever the case may be bulls fans have seen teams go at it with premium talent go at it with pretty decent talent but you had to go at it well guess what the bulls are no longer sneaking up on anybody and the eastern conference frankly don't give a shit (laughs) like like i don't I don't think I can minimize. This is this is one of those moves that you don't make unless you realize I'm I'm better than a lot of people. Uh, like the Cleveland Cavaliers is like, yo, we're, we're better than the Atlanta Hawks. We're better than the Bulls. We're better than the Knicks. We're better. Like we 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 want to be in that Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn mix. Just because you're young, don't mean you can't be, right? That's the same shit Bulls fans are saying about, hey, one day, Lowry Marketing, Zach Levine, and Wendell Carter Jr. might be the, the, the future. Like, you can have plans for your young players and project what you want. The Cleveland Cavaliers have stated what they wanted. They're not projecting anymore. Going out and landing the big-ticket item like Donovan Mitchell, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, now Donovan Mitchell gets a chance to go from Salt Lake City to Cleveland. <laughs> like, damn, man. You think you were going to go to New York, Miami, you know, something like that? You end up in Cleveland. Shit. I mean, I went to Cleveland for the uh, Cubs and then the then Cleveland Indians World Series. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. You know, we hung out downtown, moved around a little bit. We stayed at the, the hotel that Johnny Manziel was living in when he was playing there. So uh, that, that'll just let you know, you know what the scene was like you know, down there in the beautiful city of Cleveland. I enjoyed my time in Cleveland, to be honest with you. But, you know, as far as living there, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but, hey, they got a hell of a basketball team. And the Eastern Conference just uh, just took it up another notch. Bulls fans, whatever this 82 is going to be, is we're going to find some shit out about people. Yes, we will. This ain't going to be a cakewalk. <laughs> if you hurt, let's not go out there because it is embarrassing time with some of these squats. Like, you talk about, and I'm going to talk, not just talk about the Bulls, but like, you got, there are very few nights off, put it like that, in the Eastern Conference. And as the time goes along, we'll see how Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell gel, but I can't understate whoever Donovan Mitchell was going to go to, he was going to change them. Now, the reason why I thought he was going to change Miami or the reason why I thought he was going to change a team like the Knicks, well, the Knicks, not so much, but especially a team like Miami, he wasn't going to be the best player on the team. You know, He was asked to be the best player on the team in a conference that's still pretty damn good in the West. Now, He's asked to be one of the guys on this Cleveland team. He may be, you know, I don't even say that because I think Evan Mobley talent-wise is the best player on this team, right? So he may be one of the young leaders on this team, obviously, because of his stature in the league. But, man, mm-mm. you're not asking Donovan Mitchell to go out there and score 27 a night. It, he can if he wants to, right? But Darius Garland can get you 21. Evan Mobley's going to be around 22, 23. 
Jared Allen's going to get you 15 and play terrific defense. Isaac Okoro is one of the up-and-coming perimeter defenders in the game, in the game, and can get you 12, 13 points. Depending on how the Cleveland Cavaliers play this thing, man, they, they're sitting pretty, and they're looking good. This is, this is a big move. I love it when shit like this happens. Puts everybody on notice, you know? You're feeling comfortable. Everybody posting their little off-season workouts. And, you know, everybody, everybody looking good on vacations with their family. Mm-mm, back in the lab you go. <laughs> back in the lab you go. This is, this is real deal Holyfield now. I'm, I'm loving it. I can't wait. I can't wait for the NBA season to start. This is going to be a fantastic year. And it's going to be a great year of me losing college football games. Only thing we're not going to have is me worrying about these goddamn White Sox every single night like I have been for the last few months. So screw you, Tony. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. We come a long way from uh, our first show at uh, was it Midway Let's go Airport? Back and do it again. I'm actually going back. I'm actually, and I'm going out to Midway Airport, but I'm actually Mitch broke me into doing the Saturday show thing with the score for a couple hours. So nice. I'm and up, yeah. So I have to get going there and you know impart my wisdom on the world for a couple hours. But well, uh, I mean, you know, that's it's the wisdom that, that that we all need. I was gonna say somebody needs, but it's the wisdom that we all need, ladies and gentlemen, for the investment world. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so, PPU Tech of collegefootballnews.com. And, of course, uh, they are a USA Today sports media group affiliate. He's no longer just talking to idiots like me. He's got all kinds of other weight and responsibilities on his head. Oh, and then you that's just gave right. Me the- that's right. I ditched you. That's it. Uh, we know how this goes. You got big time <laughs> on us. You, you know, we you know, came out to with this together. We had the magic. And, all right, it's, all right. It's, 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 that's what I did, now you get now you, now you got the sweet backsplash. Now you got the peaceful kitchen. Now you know you're just you're just you know beyond me at this point. Nah, never that, baby. Never ever that. You are you are still one of my favorite people in this business. Uh, I only you know every once in a while I talk to people who uh, I don't usually talk to. It sounds like it in some of these interviews, but when I get a chance to holler at people that I, uh, I I'm, I'm fond of and also appreciate their info and their entertainment value, I think you're uh, you're you got the holy trinity in those. I'm trying things. my best. I I'm not going to skip on the swank when I come on with a Jason Goff here, man. I'm going to bring the A game with this. My man, so. Dude, I got to be honest with you. Um, And I think I mentioned this to you like the last time we talked, but what the pandemic did for me was, for whatever reason, it gave me a greater departure from two sports that I didn't expect, right? Baseball is one, right? And of course, we saw what happened in the truncated season and all that. But college football was another one where it seemed like I missed a year and a half or so, and it completely fell off the map in terms of, you know, you're in it and you, you know who the good players are. I'm talking to you and I know which teams should be where. And then like one season is kind of fuzzy for you. And well, for me, 
And I felt like I got lost in the abyss. So spin around the block, Georgia puts together one of the greatest defenses of all time. They win a championship. And I was, you know, when I went down to Atlanta and was having you on when I was on my Atlanta show, it's like, y'all ain't won shit since Herschel Walker. What are you going to win something? So now I feel like this season is like my, my replanting season in terms of, okay, this is something that I enjoyed. We all went through an awful period where, you know, it affected us differently, whether it be communicating with people personally, professionally, and how we communicate with our sports, right? So I'm back in on college football. Well, here, here's the, problem. Here, the good and the bad about my dumb sport that I, I deal with and cover is you could take a few years off and then come back in and I'll ask you, all right, who are the good teams? Hmm, is Alabama good? <laughs> yeah. Is Ohio State good? Yeah. You know, is Clemson still good? Yeah, right, they took a right. little siesta there, but they're good. Uh, right. George is really good. And if you took a, if you were in a coma for a long time and you would be like, you know what, is, is USC's probably good. I'm like, yeah, they, they went away and now they're back. So now USC's going to be good again. So it, it's, it's the, the positive part about the NFL is you can have a Cincinnati Bengals rise up and rock. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have, I mean, okay, great. Who came out of last year and was kind of the crazy team? Michigan, really? Okay, that's out of left field. Uh, and then they just get trucked when they get to the college football playoff. And for, it, they need to expand this thing, and it's the bad part about it. But as we're sitting here talking on September 1st before this all really gets going, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and then Georgia-ish or some other quirky fourth team is going to get in there. There's their college football playoff. Doesn't mean there can't be a whole lot of other fun along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that it's it, if you're really caring about who's going to win the sport, you almost have to be like an English Premier League type of fan. Just be like, you know what? Manchester United, they're going to win this thing no matter what. We're just going to watch anyway. Right. It's going to be Alabama versus, you know, good team X. Now you just have to enjoy everything else anyway. The part that I that I found myself lacking on the most in my reintroduction at the, like midway through last year was the players. You know, every year there's a new crop of guys who either sophomores become upperclassmen and all of a sudden you see them physically mature and take over. Um the players miss, missing that. Okay, I knew this guy was going to be good as a freshman. Now he's a junior, and I've watched his career grow. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the teams. You know you, the the usual suspects. You got a big one to 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 lift the lid uh, per se, because obviously week zero has already happened. But lift the lid on week one of the college football season. Ohio State, Notre Dame got a whole new vibe for Notre Dame going forward now the coach who coached the ball uh, the, the bowl game and Marcus Freeman is now going to have his first run at it and then you got Ohio State with a Heisman hopeful a guy who could be a top 10 pick in CJ Stroud they lose Garrett Wilson what what do i need to know about not only that game but especially those two teams here in this area of the Big 10 and of course South Bend is the Ohio State defense good so like when we're looking at the you know what to look for out of these first few games i mean Notre Dame's ranked fifth in the country, and it's like a 17, 17 and a half point underdog. So it's like, oh, they, they're going to get off the bus. They're going to show up to this thing. You know, why even bother? Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame's got the line. So if you're looking for out of the first week of the season, the teams that have good lines in place, and Notre Dame's one of them, should be able to just hang a little bit. You saw this if you watched Northwestern Nebraska in the Week Zero game. What happened in the second half? Northwestern's offensive line said, enough of this. And they just blasted away on the Nebraska defensive front. And when you don't have a preseason like you do in the NFL, when you don't have the training camp or the time logged in like the pro guys do, it just comes down to this evening. Can you hit the guy in front of you? And Notre Dame can do that. And Ohio State last year, the difference, the, the offense was world class, the national championship. 
The defense was statistically for a while, they were one of the worst in the history of Ohio State football. Now, by normal standards, it was fine, but mm-hmm. they gave up like the most points over like a five-game span if you go back to the national championship than it ever had in its whole history. So the key here is, is the Ohio State defense going to be up to snuff? Can it just hold serve? That offense is going to be a killer no matter what. And players-wise, yeah. I mean, Trayvon Walker is the number one pick in the draft last year. Okay, you know what? Great, but nobody even saw that coming even on drafting. Uh, hey, Jaden Hutchinson, well, where are the court- Kenny Pickett's your top quarterback? Uh-uh. C.J. Stroud's going to be the quarterback coming out this year. Bryce Young out of Alabama, and then, you know, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Will even- I mean, there's, there's so many different quarterbacks coming out this year to really kind of jack up the overall uh, you know, play because now you're going to have the skill guys who are going to come out that everyone's going to be wanting. But in this particular game, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and the Digma, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Trayvon Henderson. Those are the, the, the quarterback running back, the triplets of that. They got there best in the country by far. All right, so you mentioned Ohio State. We got to get to Michigan. Uh, they they beat Ohio State last year in the uh, the, the game. Yeah, but... Ohio State took that really well, by the way. Right. They, you know, they, they, they were really, Ohio State people are really nice, rational. Oh, good sporting game. Top drawer. Right. Let's, you know, right. nice game. No, they, they, they've been a little bit that's been insane since that moment. Of they, course. They're, they, and the, here's the problem with Ohio State. They're a thousand percent laser focused on, my God, we can't beat Michigan. We can't do that. Let that happen against Michigan. And they should be like, we can't let Alabama truck us this time around. Mm-hmm. So like, they, they need to be thinking bigger, but they are a little obsessed with Michigan right now. All right. So what is Michigan? You lose a couple of, a pair of edge rushers who, you know, go in the first round of the draft, one at the very top in Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you know, you, you bring in the coordinator from the Ravens, the young dude was like 34, 35 years old. He gets you to a different level and defensively. That's like his job, too. He's right. Like, he's, 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 the guy's like 12 years old. Somehow, somehow he's been the defensive coordinator for like eight different teams. But yeah. What, what, what do we expect Michigan to be this year? Same thing, except Ohio State's just better. So okay. uh, Michigan it was great last year. It's going to be great this year. And again, where did this all come from? The line play. They finally got the offensive line together. And what you missed when you you know took a little break in 2020. A sabbatical. Michigan, which, Michigan, yeah, you took a little sabbatical from college football. Michigan was awful, but I mean, there were a whole slew of reasons for that. But there was a point in the season when the season totally lost. I think they were like two and four or something like this. I think it was against Penn State where they were getting destroyed. And in the second half, they were just like, all right, enough of this. And they just got the offensive line out there, and they just kept pounding, pounding, pounding. And that seemed to be their focus and their their identity for the rest of that year, even though they had a rough rest of the season. And coming right into 2021, what did they do? They came out with a strong running game that just blasted away from the start. The defensive front was great. It was just a different mindset overall. And it helped that Ohio State wasn't quite Ohio State yet. So, you're going to have the same Michigan. They are still good enough to potentially get to a New Year's Six game and be in the hunt and be right there at the end. And then they're going to have to deal with that Ohio State problem. So it's no longer the big two little 10, is it? Because <laughs> I see a lot of Michigan State love out there. I see a lot of Purdue love out there as well in Wisconsin, you know, in the, 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 uh, the hey, Northwestern, watch out. It might be, no, knock it off. Knock it off. Hey, knock they, it off. They, they were, that's what, again, another thing you missed. They were actually pretty good in 2020. How do you know the Big Ten sucked? Northwestern was in the Big Ten championship in 2020. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's Ohio, but it's the big one. I mean, it really is okay. the big okay. one. Okay. Is that much separation? 15, other 13 and soon to be 15, 16 15, with USC, yeah. UCLA and maybe Oregon and Washington. But Ohio State's just that much further up than the Pac 
Michigan State's good. I mean, Michigan State on the right day is going to have the right mix, right blend, great coaching, great style. Uh, they can hang with, even though they got destroyed last year by Ohio State, they could on the right day hang with them. Purdue has the offense that can rise up. Penn State's still got a whole lot of talent. Wisconsin's still very good. Uh, but they're all really playing. It, it's Ohio State's going to have to have a bad day. Now, the one thing that can screw this whole thing up, we just talked about the coronation, Alabama, Ohio State, all that. The one thing that can mess this up is, is a quarterback injury because the transfer portal, what it did is, yeah, it helped everybody else. But you know, and look at look at what happened at Michigan. They have two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Harbaugh did not name a quarterback. Both my quarterbacks are going to play. Why did he do that? Because he knows the second he announces a starter, the vultures are just going to come in on their number two guy and yank him out of there. So you got to kind of play this right to keep your backup quarterbacks. They don't have a Mac Jones or a Tua where, or you know ready to step in at Alabama. They don't. And Quinn Ewers is starting at Texas going forward. He would have been an amazing backup to Stroud. He wasn't going to hang around. They don't have that number two guy at Ohio State, so we don't obviously want to see this in any way, shape, or form. But if if Bryce Young goes down or C.J. Stroud goes down, all of a sudden the season changes up big time. So they don't have the two if they don't have one of those guys for a stretch. So if C.J. Stroud goes down for a stretch for a little bit. Ohio State's still going to be good. They're still going to be favored in every game, but it's not a given that they're going to get the get through the season without the two losses. Not Heisman winner, but who's the best player in the country this year? Because we know the Heisman goes to a you know a certain select few in terms exactly. of positionally. Got, it's a hard, hard honor to win. If you're so, if you're having the NFL draft right now of players, Will Anderson's probably the best of the bunch. The uh, edge rusher from uh, Alabama who's probably the next Chase Young. Uh, he is he is the guy. He is the best player in the bunch. But this is one of those years where we we're going to see somebody, somebody come out of nowhere. Again, Anthony Richardson's the guy the NFL people are in love with. He's 6'4", 230. You know, you want to talk about a combination of size and skills, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, where he's, he's got to get the accuracy. Now that was the knock on Allen when he was at Wyoming is can he mm-hmm. be consistent enough throwing the ball? Cam Newton is okay. Is, is he more of a runner? Does he have the passing skills? And it turns out, yeah, he had all of it. Uh, mm-hmm. that's the guy who you're saying, who's my prototype quarterback I want with the number one overall pick. That's it. So we're going to see, uh, what he comes up with in Florida. So, uh, at the immediate moment for, for doing an NFL draft, it's probably Will Anderson. Uh, but watch out for the quarterbacks because they're going to rise up fast. Which high profile coach or situation is up against it this year where it's like, all right, it's time. Yeah. You mean Scott Frost, if he's, you know, was allowed back from Dublin, if they let him get on the plane there, uh, I kind of take, I'll, I'll take, whenever I get this question, I kind of take it a different way because now we're in a funky era where the co- college coaches, they're the glamorous spot. Cause the NFL, if you look at what happened over this last cycle, they're not paying anybody. I mean, they decided they're just going to go, Hey, look, we can just get this, you know, random guy who was, you know, a, a assistant under Sean McVay, stick him in and, you know, we're going to hope this all works. I mean, seriously, here in Chicago, I, I, we're in football. You ever hear of Matt Eberflus before? I mean, you know, the hubs of the world know, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. The world, but like, all right. So there's this random coach X coaching the, the Bears now. I mean, and they're not in Minnesota. I mean, exactly. He's like 36, 37 years old, but he had lunch exactly. with Sean McVay, so he's a head coach now. And he's, you know, pretty boy like him. So they think he's <laughs> exactly can do you. this. That's hey, That's so, hey. That's hey. Exactly. He's got the hair. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, the whole point is that they're not paying him. So why is Jim Harbaugh not the, not the Minnesota Vikings head coach? It's because, well, they're paying him better. Like Lincoln Riley could be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. 
he's getting, living the life getting paid now in LA better than he'd be paid in the NFL. So to your point, who's the coach who's in it right now? Who's got to win? Not necessarily like he's going to be fired. Brian Kelly had better rock right away at LSU because they're, they're expecting him to have won a national championship already down there with that talent. They, when you've won a national championship with Saban and Les Miles uh, and Coach O, you know, you, they're thinking we're a program that's supposed to be a national title team every single year. And Brian Kelly was great at Notre Dame. Obviously, you know, there are issues there, but he got his team to the, the college football playoff a couple of times. He did, uh, he did some really strong things, and he's supposed to rise up and rock there right away. There is no grace period, and there's no, no grace period for Lincoln Riley at USC. He put together an all-star starting 22. The schedule's going to be all right. They need to get in the Pac-12 championship game this year at the very least. I'm, I'm glad you took us the schedule around because not only in the Big Ten, but nationally. Who do you think has a favorable enough schedule that it will put them in position that maybe their talent doesn't belie? Or uh, is there is there a crossroad there that it just isn't met? Like if you have the talent, doesn't matter the schedule. Like is there a team out there you're like, okay, they play this tough team, but they're at home and they don't have to play this tough team and they have to go on the road for any kind of, you know, test. Like who whose schedule will put them right yeah, in the mix? I'm going to keep harping on USC because if you look at where how their schedule shapes up, they don't have to play Oregon. Washington's better this year. They're not, they don't have to play Washington. And it's funky now because the Pac-12 got rid of divisions. So uh, if you're missing those two teams, you're mm-hmm. doing something all right. They got to go to Utah, which is going to be a problem. UCLA, and that's not really a road game, so it's just up the freeway. And Notre Dame comes to USC. If if you're telling me right now they've won two of those three games, that that All Star starting twenty two needs to be good enough to win everything else. That schedule might just be good enough for them to get there. And about who could be the team that like Cincinnati last year? They they played Indiana. Okay, they beat Notre Dame. Great, that's massive, great. They don't play Houston this year is that team. It doesn't really have a whole lot of tough games on the schedule outside of whatever they get in the American Athletic Conference. And then finally, let's go to Notre Dame. They're probably going to lose this weekend to Ohio State, but they might be fit. They get Clemson at home. So they're going to get that shot to kind of rise up and keep building, building, building. If they can somehow split the Ohio State and Clemson games, they should be able to be right there at. Go ten and one when they go deal with USC, and then finally Clemson. They got to go to Notre Dame. They got to deal with NC State. They've got all the NFL talent on defense. They're going to just froze up. Right, you got it. We're good. You got Sorry, it? Am I still here? I no, we're good. we're good. Yeah, oh, no, we're good. We're good. Actually, that's no, the glitch in the Matrix that said no. That Clemson picks just an idiot pick. <laughs> so just kind of. Hey, what's going on with Dabo and, and, and that program? I mean, obviously they're, they're, they're back in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. Last time I saw the, the, the rankings, they were fourth coming into this season. Um, what, what the, the, the fall off from not only Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, you got to reload at that position. But, you know, for forever, it seemed like Clemson was going about recruiting in a professional manner where, you know, we don't have to stack something one through five at a defensive line, but like a professional general manager would, okay, these are the weaknesses. This is what we're going to recruit for. Did something happen in that Trevor Lawrence, you know, post Trevor Lawrence year or years that, that, that Clemson has now rebounded from, or is it just, you know, a recruiting blip? So three things are happening with Clemson as we speak. So one, they lost a bunch of assistant coaches. So one of the biggest things about the, you know, the family at, at Clemson is they kept their assistants for like eight years. And then all of a sudden they started going with, they started, Devil started to lose his key assistants. So there's a little bit of a turnover there. Uh, the second thing that happened is that finally players got the transfer portal and you had the NIL thing. And 
you know, 1958 Dabo does not think that this is a good thing and wants to kind of keep things though. Everything was fine. Why are we doing so? By the way, while I signed my contract extension for, uh, you know, another 10 million, uh, why do players need, you know, extra spending money? Why should they have the freedom to go uh, to any other team? So he's not been all in on this whole transfer portal thing. And the third thing that happened was just kind of bad dumb luck where, you know, last year, DJ Udengale is every bit the talent and the recruit that Trevor Lawrence was, Deshaun Watson was, that all these great Clemson quarterbacks were. And he had a great blip there when he was he stepped in for Trevor Lawrence for 2020. And last year, it just didn't work. You know, now recommitment, he dropped 40 pounds. And even with and they had injuries on defense, and even with all the problems on offense, and even with all the injuries on defense, they still won 10 games. It took something somewhat miraculous for them to lose any of their games last year. And this year, this team is awesome. So if you remember the NFL draft, there weren't a whole lot of Clemson guys who came off the board. That's because they're all on the Clemson defense front. This thing is a thing. I mean, they've got, you know, Brian Brisset might be the best defensive tackle, might be that number one overall guy you were talking about. They've got the killers on defense. And the offense, and if Uyungle can play up to his potential, he might have, he's got the skills to be a number one overall pick. So they're going to be back this year, at least theoretically they should be. You, we've talked a lot about Lincoln Riley and USC so far, the eventual joining of the Big Ten by USC and UCLA, not just for the schedules and all the other things on the surface that we've talked about, but, and, and of course, financially, it'll impact the conference. You mean the billion-dollar TV deal has something to do with this a little yeah, bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what are some of the other effects that you don't think have been highlighted enough that – that uh, comes with the package of USC and UCLA now being Big Ten schools? It's all about the TV markets. And think about it this way, first, we all know the SEC is the best football conference. The problem with that, though, is for all the talk that, oh, well, we should just run our own league and have our own playoff and stuff. University of Alabama is cool, but you're not the University of Alabama unless you're able to prove that you can just pile drive while University of Washington or blow up in Ohio State. Just because you're being a Florida and LSU and stuff, that's right, fine. Right, right. But the rest of the world doesn't care about you unless you can prove your dominance to the rest of the world. The problem with the SEC is they don't have the TV markets. I mean, everyone's going to watch the big games. Everyone's going to watch, you know, Vanderbilt, Kentucky on the right day. They've, so they've got Atlanta. They've got now Dallas with Texas coming in. They've got some of the other Texas markets. They have Houston with Texas A&M. They don't have New York City for whatever that's worth in the, the college football world, which is, isn't a lot. But for the Big Ten Network, they can sell it. They don't have Chicago. They don't have L.A. now. Uh, and that's why if you're the Big Ten, you're still going after the big markets. That's why they went after Baltimore and Washington with the University of Maryland. They've got Detroit. They've got all the little the, the, the in between coast to coast. And now it's when they're trying to expand. They can sell that billion dollar deal because, like, look, the, the thing about the, the big key to the USC deal is if you were in L.A., you were paying, you know, 50 cents maybe. For uh, the Big Ten Network on your your whatever satellite TV package you got, mm-hmm. you're going to be paid mm-hmm. about a buck twenty five now going forward because they got USC UCLA. So it's just just widens this up. So as we go forward, they're going to look at Washington because of the Seattle market. Uh, they're insane not to think about Arizona State or Arizona because of the Phoenix market. So when we think of teams, it really is about you know where these the, the, the media markets are, and I do think they're going to expand west. Because they're not going to leave USC and UCLA out there. You're not going to see a bunch of USC versus, you know, Rutgers volleyball games. Right, but on right. a random Thursday night, Illinois versus UCLA, yeah, that's let's go. 
Um, it's just a plane ride. These guys just get on the plane, they put on their headphones, take a nap. It's just not that far away in the modern world of sports. Speaking of being far away, as we wrap up with you, I appreciate you as always, Pete. What, 10 years from now, a decade from now, it seems far away, but what is this thing going to look like in college football? Will we have two, three mega conferences? What will the transfer portal morph into in terms of a free agency period and a draft period being the recruiting period? Like, what are we, what are we talking about now as we step into a more modern college football world, maybe a decade from now? Yeah, all that. I always push back like, oh, my gosh, the super conferences. You know, oh, my God, the pro clutch. You know, we're going to do two. What do you think you got now? Right. I mean, <laughs> as is, 44-ish percent of the last 10 NFL drafts are Big Ten SEC. You know, maybe you'll have an outlier of a Clemson or a USC or someone out there who's going to, you know, once in a while rise up. But that, those are the two power conferences. What I do think, and you, you mentioned it dead on right, is I think, first of all, you expand the college football playoff and you create some way that you can play yourself in this thing. So, you know, we're going to throw, you know, the big 12 a cookie here and say, all right, Baylor, you just won the big 12. You're in the college football playoff. Because, you know, think about it. If, you know, if you watch the, uh, the, the conference championship games last year, Baylor came up with a goal line stand against Oklahoma State for the big 12 championship. That was cool. That was amazing. Imagine how hyped that would be if that was your, they got in the college football playoff on that stop. Right. Or people would actually watch or care about Pitt versus Wake Forest in an ACC championship. Uh, if that was for a spot. So you've got to create some way where it's not a panel of judges just picking, oh yeah, these are the four. I mean, right now, as, again, as we're talking, if we named four teams, we could, between the two of us, we can just get there already and be probably get half of it. Right. <laughs> It'd be cool. Uh, but you've got to see, you've got to know that if you are, you know, West Virginia, you got to know that there's a way that you can play your way into this thing. Um, so I do think an expanded college football playoff is going to make this more fun for more fan base. They are going to have to, I am a complete players rights guy, but they got to rein in the transfer portal because it's not fair to the other players on the roster or the coaches. I get it. Like you can't, like, like we just talked about, you can't say, I can't come up with a depth chart because the second you do some booster club's going to come in and say, Hey, look, you know, take this, you know, deal with us and we'll come here. You can't, you can't have unfettered free agency in that way. So they're going to have to rein in the transfer portal at least a little bit. Uh, but it's going to be fine. Look, the money's there. We're, again, we said a billion dollar deal that the uh, the Big Ten just came up with. It is as college football is bigger and even better than ever because look at this first weekend. You can watch, except for Hawaii for some weird reason, you can watch any other game that you want. You know, so this is the, the sports healthier than it's ever been. So 10 years from now, it's just only going to get bigger and better. Uh, you know, I always do this off the beaten path, Pete Futak game of the week coming up here. I know everybody's going to be watching Notre Dame and, and Ohio State. I know people are going to tune in to see what Pittsburgh is looking like as well. West Virginia is out here. But what are you thinking about this week where you're like, you know what? I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to this. One. I'm embarrassed. I cheated. I, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to cheat your six. I know you and I, you've always asked me that every time I've ever come on with you. But so I'm not going to go too obscure here. I am going to go with Utah, Florida. Okay. Because that's one of those games that it's a measuring stick. Because Utah's got all the talent. They, they bring everybody back. They've got the, the system going back to the lines. Their offensive and defensive lines are fantastic. They've got the veteran at quarterback. They've got the guys at, at the secondary. Florida's Florida. It's coming off an off year, new team with Billy Napier, new style. If you're Utah, this is where you have to make a statement that, you know, we are in the college football playoff hunt. We are that good. And if you're Florida, you're at home, you're the SEC team. Act like it. You win this game, you say, we're back. We're Florida. We're going to be a player in the SEC this year. So that's coming up on Saturday. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. 
my main man, Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Tell people where they can find you every other place besides collegefootballnews.com, which is where collegefootballnews.com. Yeah, that's what we're, it's, I'm still rolling in and out Saturdays. Uh, Going to be on the score here in Chicago from uh, four to seven doing the uh, BetQL show with them and uh, yeah. uh, talking college football and lines and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, uh, here we go. It's, it's yes, the season. I'll, I'll sleep three months from now. Uh, yeah, right? You'll, you'll sleep when, when you're not needed, damn it. Pete Futek, exactly. ladies and gentlemen, on the Full Go Podcast. I appreciate you, brother. Have a good one, dude. My man. It's the Full Go baby. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 145 of the Full Go Podcast. want to thank our outstanding guest, Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. You can also catch him locally here on The Score on Saturdays. Pete is one of my favorite dudes in the industry. I'm so happy that y'all got a chance to hear from him again. So shout out to Pete Futek for joining the show. And be sure to join us on Sunday for a long-form conversation with one of the best talents to ever come out of the city of Chicago basketball-wise. Antoine Walker, that's NBA champion, three-time All-Star, and super good dude. An introspective conversation with Antoine coming up on Sundays. So make sure you guys tap in with us on Sunday's pod. As always. We appreciate Allison, the bounty hunter, out there doing everything that she does for this show. And our production staff, the shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti and the active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you for listening to this thing, downloading this thing, rating and reviewing it, subscribing it, subscribing to it, if I could talk, <laughs> sharing it with your family and friends, whatever the hell you do for this pod. Truly appreciate it every single time. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe. You still wearing your White Sox merch? Hey, man. Hey, don't, don't. Don't start that shit, man. Okay? I only got to check out. We done for the season. Hey, hey, listen. My fucking head still has to be covered, though. Okay? Unless you want to run around here, you know, making making a day and a half trip to the barber, then shit. Something this this mediocrity gonna have to cover up my fucking head for a little bit, okay? No, Jay, no, Jay, until we just, get to Scully season, okay? Don't fuck just, with me. Just Ooh. say, just say you in album mode. That's what I do. That's what I say. Like, hey, as a creative, this is me in album mode. I'm in my ultimate creative form right now. Ah, this ain't got shit to do with no album. This is about me not wanting to go to the goddamn barbershop and me not wanting to leave the motherfucking house. It's about to get cold outside. I'm about to have to be wearing hoodie you know, season. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's only hey, it's it's suit season. Tell him, Jesse, it's suit season. <laughs> J- fucking jogging and work suits. That's it. I'm only wearing two types of clothes going forward. I got no time to be worried about my goddamn hats anymore. Okay, I, I was wearing these bitches with pride when I was talking shit two years ago. And damn it, I'm gonna wear them when the ship is going down. When when motherfuckers keep having these goddamn players only meetings. How many meetings y'all motherfuckers gonna have? What are y'all meeting about at this point, huh? What are, what are you meeting? About? See, you done fucked around. I didn't even plan on talking about these motherfuckers tonight. I hate you for this. I can't. I I, I had my whole. I don't matter what the fuck I got on. Okay. It doesn't matter. You're going to piss me off tonight.